Hi, and welcome to episode 11 of DRS Top Picks. Hey, I'm Drew Martin. I'm here with Scott Vassilotti here in his basement. So it's been a while since we've done like an episode, and we were we were hanging out at uh, Ryan's house last week, and we were like, you know, it's been a while. We've been trying to book a couple people to get on the show, and just schedules haven't haven't lined up. So, and Ryan can't join us today. He's got he's got a uh, parenting that he has to do, <laughs> and so he's out this episode. But it's it's uh, Drew and I wanted to do uh, do an episode because we haven't done one in a while. So uh, that's think what we're it, gonna do. Think of it as a mini sode. This is just a little private glimpse into the kinds of conversations that me and Scott have. Yeah, and how it started was we were at Ryan's Ryan's house and. We ended up talking about the Rage Against the Machine reunion tour and uh, and ticket prices and their whole stance against capitalism and, and all that philosophical stuff. And then I was like, we should have just recorded that conversation <laughs> and had, like, had that as, as we a know, podcast. We know folks are very eager for 45 minutes <laughs> of guys waxing nostalgic on their favorite 1994 <laughs> rap, rap metal band. And... Uh, so we were we were saying we could just record an episode and we'll just kind of like we'll talk about the top three topics that we want to discuss in the future. So it essentially this is kind of like a future episodes guide and uh, and also just kind of our conversations about how you know Drew and I are hanging out. So yeah. So the the way that I was approaching this was thinking to myself, how funny and meta would it be if we had a top three top three. What are the top three topics that we want to discuss on a future episode? Now, Scott, I hope you don't mind if I go ahead and go for it. Just get us started. So one of the topics that I thought would be interesting is top three life goals. Now, I think that a lot of people go, oh, yeah, like a bucket list. And I see that as being kind of cynical in a way where a bucket list is, oh, I have to do this before I die. And... Sure, we all die, but <laughs> I like to think of it as things I'd like to accomplish in my life. I think the focus of it should be on what I want to accomplish while I'm living, and I think it gives a lot of insight, and it's a very personal conversation because everyone's goals are very, very different, yeah. and they're very contingent on where you are in that place in time. It's kind of a snapshot. If you would ask me at age 25 what my life goals were, as compared to where I am now at age 35, it would have been drastically different in a lot of ways. My whole life is upside down and different than it was when I was uh, in my mid-20s. Yeah. So I don't know, Scott. Do you have thoughts and feelings on that that topic in particular? See, when I was making my list uh, over the last couple of days, I almost put that on there. Oh, really? Yeah, because I, I was thinking the same thing. Just be, One, you could have so much of a conversation with that because people – who we had as guests and us talking, you would have people have professional goals, things that they want to do with their, you know, their and with their job, get a new job, advance or, or whatever. Yeah. And then their personal life, like some of our friends are thinking about having children or are or, or do have kids, and it's like what goals they want to do. Yeah. What you know, in in their parenting life or future parenting. Right. Life. Right. Um. Or just like for me, I'm I am with you on like my goals have changed. Like if you would have asked me just a couple of years ago, yeah, I I never would have said you know you know running in marathons or anything mm-hmm. like that. But that was a goal of mine a couple of years ago. And, <laughs> and you well, know, and, and it's funny how that goalpost moves. Where before my goal was to run a marathon, yeah, and now I'm looking to an ultra marathon. I'd yeah. love to run 
either a 50K or a 50-mile ultra, and I'm sure if I knocked that out, I'd be looking to 100 100. miles. Yeah, 100. It's funny how those life goals, once you accomplish one, really, it's a sliding scale. Yeah. But moreover, I'm kind of fascinated that you and I might be cloned from the same (laughs) genetic material if we both are thinking of the same topics. Maybe we're going to have a lot of overlap here. But hit me with one of yours. Well, real quick with, like, the the running one. Yes. With the with the weather that we got going on, yeah. it's been real nice. Have you been outside? Uh, I've been outside to the best of my ability. I haven't done any. Last winter, I did all treadmill, yeah. and I think part of it was that I was injured. This year, I've been outside a lot more. I was in Jacksonville, Florida a couple of weeks ago. I spent that entire time outside. Yeah. This last week, I'm getting to a point where I don't need to wear gloves. I have very poor circulation and my fingers and toes, they go <laughs> numb very quickly. <laughs> but what's funny is that uh, I had to go see, I don't mind sharing this, I went to a cardiologist pretty recently uh, I just had some concerns about my ticker, and <laughs> the doctor did the EKG. She did a pulse test. She did an ECG, an electrocardiogram. I had I had that done once. That's yeah. exciting. I got yeah. to see my heart. Yeah. It was like a sonogram. Yeah. I, it was like when you go to the doctor and you're like, oh, that's the baby inside of me. Yeah. But instead it was like, that's my heart, bro. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, he's working overtime. Like, you know, he, she was like, this is a, she told me, I'm very proud about this. She, she told me I had a textbook heart. Hey, there we go. She was like that. That guy is working all day, every day, and I was. I wanted to like fist bump my heart on the screen. You know, she was showing me the video. I was like, "That's what's up, heart. You get it." So she hooked me up to a heart rate monitor for yeah. twenty four hours, and I asked the woman before I left. I, I usually train on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then on the weekend. And I asked the woman before I left. I was like, "Can I run with this heart rate monitor?" And for those of you who have never worn one or never seen one, you look like. Tetsuo from the movie Akira. You look like a bad science experiment. You got <laughs> wires dangling from you. You got this monitor hitched to your pants. And I asked her, I said, can I wear this while I run? She said, yeah, you can wear it. Just don't get it wet. And it gremlin rules, right? Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, get the, yeah. don't get it wet. So I hooked it up. I put on my clothes. I went out running. And right at the end, one of the little stickies fell off of Ooh. me. And I was like, well... Number one, I was hoping to run with this thing so I wouldn't have to go back and do the treadmill stress test. Yeah. Apparently, that do- that doesn't count. <laughs> so that's a bummer. They got like 90 minutes of data that's totally useless. Uh, the good news, by the way, is that you know the data all came back great. They said everything's fine, which is a huge relief. But it was just yeah. kind of funny because I'm running around with all this stuff. Like wires. Yeah, wires hanging yeah. off of me and people. And the best is just like the reactions I'm sure that people saw. They're like, what? What the hell is that guy? Well, and it was it was kind yeah. of surprisingly yeah. subtle. It yeah. was it wasn't huge. It wasn't clunky, and I was able to hide it. The problem was I had to jam it down the back of my shorts. Yeah, and it, it definitely left a mark on on my bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a big heart rate monitor belt loop yeah. <laughs> burn on my backside. <laughs> um, but I was very happy to bring it back and to pluck it off and to <laughs> give it back to them. And I was like, you know, just just call me. Let me know how everything looks. And they were yeah. like, okay, well, so, yeah, we'll see you for your stress test next week. And I was just kind of let down, like, all right, if yeah. I got to go back, I'll go back. I mean, but yeah. I, 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 I am interested. I really – I'm at a crossroads right now where I hurt my back last week uh, while, while at the gym. 
And I really wanted to do a 50K trail race this Saturday. It would be my first quote-unquote ultra. Uh, Roughly shapes out to about 30 miles. And it's right around the corner from where I live. And I was very excited to do it. But I just don't know if I'm in a good enough place. Place to do it. Uh, About a month ago, I would have said, absolutely, break me off a piece of that. (laughs) You know, I got my drop bag. I got my snacks. I got everything. But I just don't know at this juncture. And I might have to move that goal again back a little bit yeah Yeah. how about you how's your outdoors going i've been outside a lot last winter i was on the treadmill like a ton in the morning Uh and the best thing i did was i started last year was working out in the morning before work oh it's a blessing it's it's amazing yeah and i I just i hated getting home from work and then i was like i have to go run (laughs) oh it just put me in such a bad mood um i felt great like when it's over but like and the weather's a little bit yeah. more tolerable, at least in yeah. the cooler months. And well, yeah, but and August, you're oh yeah, yeah. It's that can oh, the heat can be miserable. Yes, but um, so I've been on the treadmill very little this year. Yeah, if it, if it's raining, then I'm on, and I hate running in the rain. But mm-hmm. and the, it hasn't been like bitter, bitter cold. So I have been able to like make it outside more yeah. in the morning. So that's been pretty good. Yeah. I have been enjoying the, like I went for a walk uh, like an hour ago or so. And oh, I, nice. I'm, I'm definitely liking this weather. Oh, I know it's early great. March, so I'm not like getting, I don't want to get used to this yet, but if yeah. we were like a month, if this was April, I'd be all set, but I was like, yeah, it still might be pretty cold. We got our ups and our downs. Yeah. I think I always think of it when you have to go out in, the extreme cold. There, there are a couple of days where literally my beard froze. Yeah, so did mine. mine yep. Yeah, I you and I pic- both grew our beards yeah, out. I took a picture of it. I was like, my beard has ice on. Yes, it. Like- <laughs> yes. Your breath gets caught in your beard. And it just freezes there. And then there are the days where it's rainy and miserable. Yeah. There that, and those are kind of the character building ones. But I'm with you. Where yeah. I'd rather be inside. And last winter. I just fired up my Kindle, yeah. and I blazed through this documentary series. It's the decades that yeah. CNN put oh, yeah, out, yeah, yeah, 60s, yeah. 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. whatever. Phenomenal stuff to watch. Yeah. And I wouldn't have plowed through all of that if I hadn't done it indoors yeah. and dedicated that time in the morning to doing it. So I blew through that. I rewatched all of Breaking Bad. I, I remember you doing that. Yeah, and, and watched The Wire, too, right? Yeah, and, yeah. well, that I watched... On the couch with Kate. <laughs> so my wife was very tepid on the wire. And eventually she started to get the, the feel and the flow of the yeah. show because it's not – it doesn't open itself immediately to you. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very slow. dense. And very slow burn. Yeah, and you have yeah. to kind of figure out the language – the mm-hmm. diction that people are using from the police officers to the people out in the community, yeah. even the news writers in the fifth season, you really have to get the cadence of what they're saying. Yeah. And it was funny because Kate would come in occasionally and like nod at me and yeah. I'd keep watching it. And then she would sit down for like five and ten minutes and then she was just riveted. Yep. Like especially it's once, once yeah. they introduced the kids in season four. four. Which is, you know, the, in my opinion, the best season. I yeah. think you're right about that. Once yeah. once she met Dookie and the rest yeah. of the kids, she was like, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. But phenomenal show. And I love catching up on stuff yeah. like that. And you can do, and that's what I have you said. You caught up on a lot on the treadmill. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's a good, that's a good place to do it. You're like, I'm going to be standing – or I'm not standing still. I'm going to be looking at the same thing for – for the foreseeable future, so might as well. Yeah, I, it's it's torture, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It can be like it feels like purgatory. I feel like if, if hell exists and I go there, <laughs> I feel like my punishment is just it's just me on a treadmill for eternity <laughs> with like conservative media in my ear, just like 
Which is so like, Planet Fitness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like just the best of Sean Hannity going through my ear and I, and like and just running on a treadmill forever. I, uh, that will be my punishment. I, I don't I, I completely understand yeah. that sensation and it's funny because you really have to kind of find a way it's it, people talk about oh running is so zen and you can yeah. really bliss out not on a treadmill no, you are locked in on that bad boy not you, can, on a you treadmill. can you can look back at the ceiling yeah. you can look back <laughs> at the wall you, if you if, you're blessed if you have something besides the news in front of you, and yeah. that's the only reason now that I know anything about sports. You know, if yeah. I if I jog on my lifting days, um, I get all the Sports Center highlights and stuff oh, like yeah. that. That's all it is. At the like when I did go when I belong to a gym. Yes, yeah. that's all that was. Right. Yeah. And now I can actually wax a little cuz I know nothing about sports. So yeah. guys around the office or when like yeah. everyone around yeah. the office <laughs> is like, "Oh my god, did you catch that game last night?" And I'm like, "I know that yeah. Yeah. that 3 at the buzzer." And they're like, "I know." And that's literally the only thing I know about the game is the 3 at the buzzer. Yeah. Or and like the it. interception in, yeah. in Q3, like yeah. that's all you I know. Saw that highlight Oh, man. Yeah. So why don't you hit us right. with one of your topics? All right. So this is kind of like topical here. Yeah. Um, if the coronavirus breaks out and we all have to stay inside, what are your top three things you're going to do to kill wow. time? So, <laughs> so, and that can be applied to a number of different things, right? Like binge watching shows. Right. Shows, if you're, you know, are you going to meal prep for, for the next six months? Like, yeah. what do you? Well, and I hope if we do that episode, we have. Kate, my wife, on yeah. because she has done it already, Scott. <laughs> She's done it. Every day we get another package at the door. And I'm like, what do we got today, sweetheart? She's like, surgical masks. <laughs> and then she comes home with like 16 antibacterial soaps. And, I, and I'm like trying to take this in good humor. Yes. Right. She came home yesterday with about 20 bottles of Gatorade, orange Gatorade. Great flavor. Yeah. I don't, orange is a great flavor. Orange is great. Yeah. But I'm like, when are we going to drink 20 Gatorades? And she was like, maybe never. <laughs> but if it goes but down, we have, it. we have it. I've been talking like at, at lunch, like when at work with lunch, and it's come up a couple of times, and you hear people how they're prepping for it or yeah. they're not prepping for it at all. And I was making jokes the other day. I was just thinking like, well... I hope everybody gets their finances set and finalizes their will just in case everything <laughs> bad happens. Yeah. And, uh, but I just, I mean, you can take it in so many ways. Like I said, like people might be like, hey, look, like uh, I saw one of our friends on like social media ask, like, what are, he, that's where I got the idea from. He wrote, like, what are you going to do to kill time during this whole outbreak? Sure. And he was like, I'm going to binge watch the following show. And I was <laughs> had like, a list. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? If we do have to get quarantined and stay inside, yeah. what are people going to do? Like, what are your top three things to kill time? Well, and like, it's, it's in the same spectrum as that, like, people ask that question all the time. If there's a zombie apocalypse, yes, yeah. what's your game plan? What's your hideout? Yeah. What, what weapon are you going to have? And and, mm-hmm. and where are you going to stay at? And that sort of thing. And really, I think we've got the answer, right? You and I both own treadmills. Yeah. We both I have Kindles. Yeah. So the answer is yeah. rewatch The Wire and yeah. <laughs> try not to go wild. You yeah. know, try not to lose your mind. But I don't know. I'll be the house with all the canned tuna fish. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> We were at Target over the weekend because Katie wanted to buy, like, all this, like, hand sanitizer and all that. And every place was, like, sold out of hand sanitizer. Yeah, yeah. Like, you should probably buy stock in, like, Corral. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, 
I mean, it was packed with people just buying like disinfectant wipes and all. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of like, I remember the swine flu and all that. And yeah. I was like, well, you know, we were, we were okay. Like we lived so. Yeah. We'll see. Well, I look the the true answer to the question: What happens if COVID nineteen breaks out? Yeah. And you know, and and we have a big event. The answer is. Maybe get the flu, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I, I hate to sound so callous because I know that comes from a place of privilege. I know it comes yeah. from a place of, like, we're young and fairly good health and everything like that. Yeah. Like, doctor says I have a perfect heart, so yeah, yeah. I got that going for me. <laughs> everything else hurts, <laughs> but my heart's good, so, uh, you know, we can withstand that sort of thing. And, and yeah. I think that's, you know, it's something to temper with everything else when we talk about. And I, I'm glad you brought up coronavirus yeah. because... You know, I, I've been taking in a lot of media. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Are you going to Japan next month? Yeah. Well, I told my primary care physician that yesterday. She was not pleased. <laughs> so she gave me a prescription for a Z-Pack in yeah. case I get sick over there. She gave me a vaccination or two. Oh, and okay. she asked me, well, would you cancel your flight? And I had to tell her. I'm sorry. This yeah. is everything. This is hotels. This is transportation. This is yeah. meals. This is airfare. I can't just can't. And and I have my mother-in-law telling us, oh, you should cancel. And I'm like, I can't throw yeah. this away. Yeah. This is not, like, not refundable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's like telling someone like, okay, well, you know, uh, just don't go to work. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, then I get fired. Yeah. Like, I can't. <laughs> it's like, I can't That's just not, not go to work. Yeah, I can't just not go on this trip. Like, both yeah. of them involve money, you know. It didn't, Japan, they, like, closed schools for, like, a month, right? Yeah, something like Japan's that. a fascinating place for a number of reasons. So, they are, the CDC has four levels, four tiers of travel advisory. The first being tertiary, nothing much there. We're at a level one. Yeah. Level two is Japan. So it's kind of a proceed with caution. It's like a, yeah. not quite a yellow light, you know. Yeah. Um, certain islands, uh, certain areas have been affected. It might be worse than others. Yeah. So. And then uh, level three would be something like Italy where it's like, hey, avoid non-essential travel. Yeah. And then level four is obviously like China. Like yeah. no one's getting into Wuhan. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't go there. So they're at a level two. A lot can change within five weeks. But what yeah. Japan did was very smart because they looked at their population and they know how virology works and they were like let's let this first wave peter out we're going to separate people we're going to shut everything down seriously all the museums that we want to buy tickets to on our trip we can't buy anything because all the museums are shut down everything's shut down right now so they want to let that initial wave pass and then if there's a secondary like ripple wave which there will be yeah it's going to be a, a vastly reduced number, and it's interesting. I was I listened to a podcast called Sawbones. It's from one of the McElroy brothers, from my brother, my brother and me. It's uh, Justin McElroy and his wife Sydney, and she's a medical doctor. And she was talking about quarantine, and she was talking about how historically it's been implemented. And we haven't had a quarantine in the U.S. in years and years and years it's been decades yeah. you know might might even be more than a hundred years I can't remember exactly yeah. so it's interesting to look at situations where 
you know, maybe it's not a quarantine, but it's like, look, we're going to shut things down until we can get this right. And, you know, uh, it's just kind of interesting because there's no real way to contain this sort of thing. The best we can do is react to it and, Mm -hmm. you know, think proactively. That's the difference with Japan. It's a country that very much thinks ahead of time and for public health. Yeah. You know. Um, so we'll see how things go. Um, well, hopefully you get to go because I know it's like a dream trip. So yeah. hopefully everything works out. And hopefully no one gets the coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. And no one has to worry about it. And you can just binge watch all yourself healthy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, what, so what's one of your other topics? Um, I, I just thought that would be kind of like a topical. And again, hopefully nothing ever bad happens in this thing just goes away like the swirling yeah. blue and all that. Yeah, but. and I, I, j- at the sake of sounding pandering or anything like that, yeah. I do want to say that for those people out there whose lives have been affected by this, I'm, I'm sorry, and I know that doesn't do a lot of good, but it's just sad to hear this sort of thing in the news. Yeah. And it's hard to think about the people who are losing people, and I think a lot of folks are quick to joke and things like yeah. that, but it is, it, it, it's a serious thing and it warrants yeah. that uh, moment of pause. But uh, the next topic that I thought about was, and maybe we've already, I guess we haven't done this, this specifically because I feel like we're like, I describe it as a broken shopping cart. You know, you ever push that shopping cart and it just keeps veering in one oh, direction. God. You know, it, it keeps banking to the left yeah. and hitting that shelf. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like we keep banging into like movies and TV and, and mm. music, but uh, top three movie moments. And that's a broad enough category. That's a great category, though. Because I think about the movie moments that resonated with me most or the ones that just have that effect on me or just changed me as a person yeah. or my outlook on life or they're just things that I took to heart and I want to carry with me. Mm-hmm. And I think for each person, that's kind of different. Maybe your favorite movie moment is Steve Martin and the jerk, you know, realizing he can he can snap in time <laughs> with the music, the jazz music, you know. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's something more profound. Like I always think about um, the scene from the Royal Tannenbaums when Richie Tannenbaum is in the bathroom talking to himself and, you know, he's going to do some self-harm. And, yeah. Um, there's this moment where it flashes to him thinking about his family. There are all these, you know, very quick jump cuts of everyone in his family and, uh, his, his kind of metaphorical, uh, Eagle Mordecai and, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that moment, you know, they're playing that iconic Elliot Smith song, needle in the hay. Nothing makes me like fall apart faster. <laughs> like I crumble, <laughs> I crumble like laundry down the basement steps at that scene. I can't, I can't even think about it. Like it just destroys me, but it's just, you know, I think the reason it stands out to me is that I think we've all kind of had that moment yeah. where we've, and depending on like who you talk to for that, it's, it's, if you get someone who's maybe like just 10 years older, 10 years younger or whatever, yep. it would be a totally different movie. Right. Yeah. Like I'm sure if you ask somebody, and maybe even people are because this is such like a big movie, but like you know like the the Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker yeah. scene, yeah. like that had to, and what year was it, 1980 or whatever? Yeah. The Empire no, I'm your father. Like that had to just like, people had to be just have like their minds like blown yeah. at that time yeah you know or or like for me I think if I just had to and again that's a great topic and should be a future episode I'm sure it mm. sure will be at one point yeah but it would be like for uh, one of mine it would have to be 
like the opening scene of Inglorious Bastards. Oh wow! Which yeah. is one of the greatest scenes in cinema. Like oh, it's like see, unbelievable. But, yeah, I mean, so it's super dark. If if but, it were if it were movie moments, and by the way, I've rewatched Inglorious Bastards twice in the last three months, so yeah. it's very fresh in my mind. Yeah. But if we're talking movie moments, would it be the au revoir Shoshana moment or something in particular from that scene when when he? Well, I don't, well, I'm, well, we can spoil we're this. Spoil it. The yeah. movie's been out for like and it's on Netflix. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> deal. But when he real when he has the farmer basically admit that he's hiding people under, he points and he to points. He yeah. points with the pipe and the, it, the pipe stem. Yeah. at the floor, and it's just like, oh, it's Christoph Waltz who won the Oscar for that movie is just unbelievable in that scene. I just remember like watching that. I was like, he's he's going to win an Oscar for just that scene. Yep. And so that one, I mean, it's just it's just terrific. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it's completely tragic, mm-hmm. but it was just so powerful. Yeah, and and that's interesting because I think for some people, it might just be a cool moment, you yeah. know, or like a revelatory moment, or it might be something that has emotional resonance, yeah. or you know, even those like flashball memories. Like there are certain movies that I think about watching and like the memory of it is so deeply ingrained in my head. Like I think the best example, and I've probably talked about this before is all the goblins in the closet in the labyrinth. Yeah. So when they first cut to those goblins in the closet in Sarah's closet in the labyrinth, I have a flashbulb memory of that because it scared me so bad. The only way I can describe it is like Danny from The Shining when like <laughs> they just like close in on his face and it's just his mouth yeah. open and like abject horror. Like I've never been. I was like cross-eyed. Like I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't articulate anything. I couldn't do anything. I just like like fell over. Just like uh-huh. too scared of puppets. <laughs> But not my, not one of my top movie moments yeah. right there. Thanks. But that was like that that would be so much fun to talk to, especially yeah. so many of our friends um, are big movie people, and, yeah. like, and just hear the different moments. And again, it's like, why was that one of your top three moments in yeah. movies? Like, how did it connect? Was it just like a powerful scene? Did, yeah. it, did it mean something to you, or, or you know, it will mean something to you in different ways, right? Um, I also do. I think a good thing with this episode, how we're just talking about like future topics that we want to talk about. Um, when we ask people if they want to be on, so many, you know, I don't want to say so many, but a handful of people have just been like, you know, like I don't know what I could talk about. Like I would, there's so, and it's like, well, maybe these are some of the ideas yeah. that you hear, and you want to, and you come put up. one in the hopper. I yeah. mean, here's the thing. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the episodes, I'll be dead honest with you. One of the episodes I was skeptical about was top three people that we want to have conversations <laughs> with. Uh, the one that we recorded with Allie. Yeah. And it was... Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, Allie. We, we are hoping to have her back soon. Um, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't know where that conversation would take us. And it took us to some very cool, funny places. And we had a great discussion based on it. that her husband was too tall to be an astronaut. That's right. I, I thought about that the other day. I was thinking about him. I was like, man, he's got like a jacket. He's got a NASA jacket. But that's not space. That's not space. Space is different than a jacket. Because how I came up with that episode, I was... 
I was just like kind of thinking we we could do a million on movies, a million on TV and music yeah. and stuff. And I was like, I just wanted to try something that was like out of the box a little bit. And, and I, I think it worked really it well. Great. And yeah. I, I'm sorry, like it, it, I'm sorry to tell you that I was skeptical oh, at no, first. It's fine. I was just, I was like, and it's not like I was like agonizing <laughs> over it. I was just like, I don't know. And then I thought about it more, and the conversation <laughs> happened. And I think that. Ultimately, when you get funny, creative people into a space, not yeah. saying we're those people, we yeah. rely more on our guests for that, but yeah. something cool will be born of it, yeah. you know? But hit us with your next topic. Um, I know that uh, so far you've said... <laughs> if, if we get quarantined, how, yep. how are you going to kill time? Yep. Um, I have. I think this one's really cool, because I'm a big music guy. Yeah. Um, the top three songs you wish you wrote... Ooh. Okay. Okay. Because it's not top three. Because, oh, that's an interesting one. I'll let you talk about it, though. So I was, I now I did not like, I had, I was reading an interview years ago with, with some musician, and he got asked that question. And I was probably like in high school when this happened. And uh, he, he got asked, and I remember he picked the Beatles, um, and I want to say the song that he picked was um, A Day in the Life, and I could be wrong on that. And which is one of my favorite Beatles songs, and I just I remember hearing that question or see you know reading that interview and being like that's such a great question like mm-hmm. you know what are your time like what's like a song you wish you wrote because yeah. again you can look at it from so many different ways yeah you can look at it from a commercial standpoint and mm-hmm. just be like well if I wrote the Beatles yesterday I would never have to work another day in my life <laughs> kind of thing like or you could be like well this this song you know whatever it is means so much to me because that you know i it somehow impact your life maybe you got married to the song or whatever yeah or it was you know was i don't know there's, there's so many elements to it and yeah I, I just thought that would be so interesting i, to I like it and as a matter of fact i was listening to npr's music podcast uh what's the name of it all songs uh, considered all songs considered and bob boylan proposed this episode interviewing different musicians about love songs that they had wished that they had written. Yeah. And they talked to Connor Oberst and he played the song Love Song by The Cure. Yeah. And then they segued to uh, who did he do Greater Oblivion Community Center with? Uh, Phoebe, uh, Phoebe Bridges. Phoebe Bridges. So they talked to her and she said that she had written First Day of My Life. By bright by eyes, bright eyes. Yeah. so it's kind of reciprocal yeah. there. But uh, I was like, man, that's the song that I wish I had written too. And the reason is kind of an assessment of my talent. I don't think I could have composed a big sweeping song. Yeah. Maybe something like Yesterday. Maybe something yeah. like First which Day are, of My Life. Something which are more pretty, for those who don't know the songs, like Bright Eyes, First uh, First Day of My Life is. I mean, I can't play because I suck at the guitar. <laughs> but it's like just him and on an acoustic guitar, and it's. Pretty simple chord progression. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing as like I'll follow you into the dark yeah. by Death Cab yeah. and like all of those other like mega mopey yeah. indie rock songs. Like I can think of a billion of mm-hmm. them that I wish I had written, but I think what it boils down to is the sentiment. Like what yeah. what did those songs capture that I so connected to and I wish I had been able to express? And that's the thing that fascinates me when it comes to a song that I wish I had written. It's not, sometimes I can't say I wish I wrote, you know, something because I didn't have that feeling until that song gave it to me. Yeah. Oh, that, that's, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it's like, you know, I, I, I have to love and respect that song 
um, for what it is and for what it brought to me. And it's kind of interesting because that's the whole nature of art, right? Mm -hmm. Is to provoke a feeling or to communicate something. And I don't know, frankly, what my art... I mean, this technically is my art. Yeah. Um, you know, I have I have other art. It's not good. Like, I doodle. Yeah. And I crochet. And I, I make, like, crafty things. I, like, sew patches. And I, mm-hmm. you know, make pillowcases out of old T-shirts. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I, I do make art. But yeah. none of it has any sort of, like, real substantial content or meaning, you know. And I think that writing a song is an exposure that... Woo, I'd yeah. like to think. Yeah. And and I write songs all that that's the irony is that yeah. I write and sing songs impromptu all the, all time. the time. I'll be cooking salmon and I'll just be like, <laughs> This giant salmon going on the grill. Hey, what a do. Like, you know, whatever. We all do it, right? We sing songs around the house. I like, sing all the time. I don't make up my own songs though, but I know it drives Katie up the wall because I apparently I'll just get like a song stuck in my head and I would yes. just sing it repeatedly, yes. repeatedly, yeah. repeatedly. Yeah. She'd be like, "You need to stop singing." That song. <laughs> like I'll be I'll be doing whatever, just walking around the house, like humming it or whatever, and or cooking or doing anything. Are, are, how random are the songs? Are they like made within the last 20, 30 years and they're fairly well known? Uh, I. It really oh, I don't depends. Know. It really depends. Yeah. Sometimes it could be a Beatles song stuck in mm-hmm. there, which everyone will know. Yeah. Um, it could. Well, to go back to Rage, I've been listening to Rage a lot the yeah. last couple of weeks, so as it's been you know a lot of bulls on parade. <laughs> Bebopping around the kitchen. (laughs) It's like the best. It's like you know, like Township Rebellion, which is just so angry. It's like so. And I was like, I can't relate to this song at all. I'm from Damascus, Maryland. Like, like, that's something else. That's something I want to kind of parse out a little bit. Is like when it comes to songs you wish you had written. You know, I think there's like an authenticity to certain artists that like I could wish on anything that I had written, something like Bulls on Parade, but, I mean, that's yeah. not something that I've thought, felt, and yeah. I am not in that place. Yeah. Like, you know, Zach De La Roca has been there. He's yeah. had those feelings. He's seen these things. He's done the research. You know, yeah. that's that's a unique thing to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think about, you know, some Beatles songs. Like, I'm like, I love the feeling that gives me, but I am not that person. I did not have, and it's that connect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I didn't go through that. Mm-hmm. I like. I like connecting with you because you went through that. Yeah. Um. You know, there, there, and that's why I kind of get mad when like all the songs I want to say, oh, I wish I had written that. They're just super mopey, and I'm like, yeah. bro, you got nothing to be mopey about. Like, why don't you well, turn that like, frown upside yeah. down? <laughs> it's true. With like, like if I if we did that episode. I couldn't pick, or it would feel weird if I did pick like Township Rebellion by yeah. by uh, Rage because there is nothing in my life that would ever make me think that. Like, yeah, you'd I'm, be like Michael Douglas and falling yeah. down, like I'm going home. Like, McDonald's stop yeah. serving breakfast to nine. The, the government has never, like, I've never, like, again, I'm from Damascus, from a middle class family, yeah, so yeah. it's like I can't relate to any of that anger towards. Yeah, our the, our 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 not to make too light of yeah. this, but like you know, the extent of our problems with the government are frequently like, oh, they 
you know, I owe $2,000 on my taxes. Yeah. You know, and it's like in the long scheme of things, you're not being exploited. You're not being, you know, so I'm happy that music exists because you, you can learn a lot and you see a different side that you were again. It's like, you're blind to it because you're not, you're not there, but I could never write it because I don't have that experience. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me go ahead with, or first we got a, we actually have some sponsors this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Sponsors from our friends, because we're not trying to sell out or anything. <laughs> we can't be bought. <laughs> we can't be bought. But if you know us and you want to advertise, <laughs> we'll be more than happy to do $5. that. $5. <laughs> Three. So. Make us an offer. So, <laughs> so our co-host, Ryan, is uh, trying a new adventure. So uh, he wanted us to kind of plug this for him. So do you enjoy adventure, mystery, and the occasional craft beer. Well, have I got the event. Ale Venture for you. Join us at Rockwell Brewing in Frederick, Maryland on April 25th. The time is TBD. For the first ever Ale Venture board game and craft beer event. Show up thirsty and we will do the rest. For more information, look them up at Instagram at Venture. S-X-P, so A-L-E-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S-X-P, and that will take you to their Instagram page. So that's Ryan just trying something new. Um, you know, he's really into tabletop games and yeah. board games and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, I guess they're going to just be drinking some craft beer at uh, Rockwell Brewing and playing some board games and stuff. Yeah, not, and I don't want to speak for Ryan or anything like that, but my understanding is basically that this is in something, it's a fledgling enterprise for them, but it's kind of like a pop-up. So you show up, uh, you don't need to bring dice, you don't need to bring paper, anything, but if you've ever wanted to play Dungeons & Dragons before, this is your opportunity to do it with A, cool people, B, really good dungeon masters, <laughs> and C, with a ton of of beer flowing around you and and snacks. other board games as well and other I board games as well yeah. I'm not a Dungeons and Dragons guy even though I did get asked like a week or two ago from a student of mine they were like Mr. V do you like Dungeons and Dragons and I was like I know I look like someone who <laughs> played Dungeons and Dragons but I have never played Dungeons and Dragons um, but I do look like someone who would so it was a fair question <laughs> but uh, yeah I've, come on out support Ryan and his yeah. uh, his new his uh New adventure that he's trying there with Ale Venture. Um, board games and beer. Yeah. so Good combo. Yeah. And then the next sponsor we have, it's from someone who I know very well. Um, for this, So one of our sponsors for this episode is an independent travel agent specializing in Disney vacations. Katie Vassilotti, Woo. affiliated with The Magic's Yours Travel. Are you dreaming of a trip to a Disney park or sailing on a Disney cruise ship? Want to visit Hawaii with Disney or take a guided adventure or a guided vacation with one of the many adventures by Disney trips around the world? Every day. Let Katie provide you a free, that's right, free, no obligation quote today. All of her travel agent services are free of charge. A graduate of the College of Disney Knowledge, let her handle all the details and stress of planning a Disney vacation so that you can enjoy a magical time with your loved ones. You can email her at katiev at themagicsyours.com. You can follow her on Instagram at at katie underscore themagicsyours. Or find her on Facebook. Just search Katie the Magic's Yours. And uh, you'll be able to find your information there. Yeah, so what's interesting is that uh, 
we found out through Katie that basically there's a there's a lot of logistics that go into vacation planning for Disney, but that free part is no joke. Yeah. And I know that the next trip that Kate and I take to Disney, we're gonna have Katie map out the whole thing oh, because that's, that's that's pro bono. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to take that opportunity. And that was in. I'm happy to plug that and plug Ryan's events and. Uh, um, and yeah, and if you got five dollars, yeah, we'll, we'll plug anything. So, yeah, well, not anything. Yeah. <laughs> Look, guys, if you're having like a green bean festival <laughs> in like Poughkeepsie, I'm not plugging that. All right, I, I like green beans as much as the next guy, I don't care about no five dollars. Like, I'm just gonna alienate people. If I'm like, oh, come to the Green Bean Festival in Bakersfield, you know, hey, what what are your green bean needs right now? You so can, it's got to be cool. It's got to be and fun. And not green beans. And not green beans. And we'll, we'll, I'm serious. That's about the only thing that it can't be. <laughs> and Just we'll, stop it with the green beans. And we'll plug it. We'll plug it. All right. You want to go ahead and yeah, stay here so, on your last uh, one? Yeah, so my last top three, I think, would be uh, top three personal aha moments. Uh, as an educator, I'm sure you hear about this all the time. You probably want to flush the phrase aha <laughs> moment down the toilet and never see it again. Um, it's that moment where something just finally makes so much sense for you, that moment where something clicks. And I think it'd be interesting. People can make it super personal or they can kind of make it something funny or lighthearted. There's a lot of room for variability there. Um, you know, like I could say one of my aha moments was realizing that unlike what my father told me, I could watch the microwave while it cooks and my head wouldn't explode. Um, you know, another aha moment would be realizing that no ghoulies don't come out of the toilet when I'm taking a shower. I'll be okay. I don't need to keep stacking dictionaries on the toilet when I bathe to keep the monsters out. Um, or if you like didn't. I know I'm not the only one who, who was told this. If you kept, like, hitting the light switch on and off, on and off, on yeah. and off, it would start a fire. It would never start a fire. <laughs> okay, so wait. <laughs> Scott, I'm going to back up here. We're not doing aha moments anymore because that's nice. It's a nice thought. Now it's going to be top three childhood myths. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, top three childhood myths that you believed. I think, um, I think it was Gaffigan, Jim Gaffigan, in his one of his books where he talked about, like, how... Like, this would be a myth. Yeah. Every 4th of July, like, when you're a kid, your dad always tells you to be careful with fireworks because, like, he knew someone who blew their hand off yeah. or something. Yeah, And, like, I remember, I'm 99% sure it was Gavin who said that. He said, but it's a lie. Or, like, half the world would be handless. <laughs> like, but I remember, like, that was, I remember, like, a kid of my parents saying, or, like, my dad saying that. I was like, you don't know anyone who blew his hand off with the fire. Like, <laughs> I, and and that, that's a really good recurring joke if uh, if you've watched the show Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. So the father, every time he's he's telling his kids something that they shouldn't do, he, he knows someone. And it's always the worst case scenario. <laughs> like, I know a guy who smoked dope once, and now he's destitute, you know. <laughs> It's always a worst case scenario. Like he sold his kidney for marijuana, like you know, that kind of thing. But it's it's true. Like I think I think. Um, oh, the other thing I think of is an Arrested Development. Uh, did you watch that? Yeah, show? yeah. yeah. So so they have that guy Jay Walter Weatherman, the yeah. one armed man. Yeah. And he teaches everyone lessons, and they're like, "Oh, this is what happened. Like this guy lost an arm because you didn't close the refrigerator yeah. door." Like. Uh, 
But no, it's it's it is funny how your parents will tell you like, yeah, be careful with this, be careful with that, and if you don't, here's the consequence. And whether they're joking or not, you just aren't processing yep. it, and it leads you to do some pretty idiosyncratic, <laughs> weird things. Like I know down the line, I, I wasn't joking when I said I used to put a stack of dictionaries on the toilet when I took a shower. Um, I would I would shower with the curtain open, and my dad would come in the bathroom later, and he'd be like, "Why is there water all over the floor?" And I'm like, "Because I thought monsters would come yeah. for me." And I, I I shampooed with the with the with my eyes open, yeah. and the door and the curtain. Because you got to be prepared. I got to be prepared. Yeah. I got to see what's happening in this here bathroom. Yeah. But um, it does it create some like idiosyncratic things. Like you yeah. might still do things as a result of some phobia you had as a kid, or 100%. Some, some like old wives' tale you were told. Um, you know, to this day, like if I eat a package of Skittles and I look at the ingredient list <laughs> and I'm like, yellow five. <laughs> oh man, how bad do I want these Skittles right now? <laughs> well, speaking of Skittles. One of my, uh, like, one of the topics that I had written down, I had, like, four, yeah. four or five written down that I wanted to talk about, and uh, um, it, we did a cereal episode with our friend Dylan, um, top three favorite cereals, yeah. and that made me think, like, we all love food, and I was thinking maybe one would be your top three favorite candy, your candy mm. bars or sweets or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that would be a lot of fun. That would be fantastic, because it's very general. You can really go global mm-hmm. with it. There was a time where I would have told you it was something like Pocky from yeah. Japan, Japan. And I think it, it's interesting too, because your, your tastes change. I used to love fruit flavored candy as a kid. Yeah. Now I can't go near it. I yeah. don't like it. So I not even like Skittles. Can't do Skittles. They're fine. Yeah. They're fine. But not like a go-to. No, I would yeah. never buy a bag of Skittles in the yeah. store. If it's sitting on my coworker's desk and it's in its own packaging, and it doesn't have dust on it, then let's rock, baby. Yeah. You know, I'll eat those Skittles, fine. But if someone has like bite size Kit Kats yeah. or oh, Snickers or anything, forget it. Like that that bowl's getting wrecked. Like, don't let me into your office. It's yeah. just I'm like a hungry bear at a campground. Because I love candy, and it's like a problem. Because like if it's available, I would, I would just like crush it. Yes, yeah, so you don't buy it for your house, do you? No, no. Like, it, or it would just wouldn't be here. Right. Like I would crush it. But if I'm at a friend's house and they oh, it's all Scott. Like, I've watched you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I made the mistake of putting candy in front of you. You were at my house last week. Remember. <laughs> I put out that tray and I oh, had, yeah. you didn't touch the chocolate I noticed yeah. that but I cr- and I do like chocolate like I, lo- I love a good Hershey bar or something like that yeah. and what I really liked was uh, and I didn't know this till a couple like a, a week or so ago yeah. when I was like you know what like those Cadbury eggs mm. and my friend had them out and I I'm sure they're listening and they, they're probably like yeah he crushed the whole thing <laughs> like, thanks Scott this is $12 a package but I was like yeah it was just on their side I took one and, and I was like next thing I know I had like 35 and then like <laughs> so I was I don't know if that would make my list yeah. of top three candy but it would definitely be like an honorable so mention two thoughts the yeah. first being it reminds me of that Simpsons episode where Homer's stranded at sea on the Boy Scout trip. Yeah. And he's supposed to be moderating the snacks. And he's like, you got to eat them gently like this. And he's like eating one, then two, then little bites, and then eats the entire <laughs> bag. Yep. Like, uh, But the other thing is that you bite into a Cadbury egg, and there's this weird simulation of an egg yolk that they do with this sickly rich 
uh, viscous goop. Yeah. And I'm a little weirded out by that. I won't. I won't lie. Does well, it taste not, good? Not all of them have like that. That that center. Yeah, that's, that's like, the one. Some are kind just of solid chocolate. This one. Was oh, like, okay. This one's just like a small egg. And okay. It was like just milk chocolate. That was that's it. it. All right. Yeah. But I it's lo- like coated with the, like an egg. Look like an egg. I love a chocolate egg. Yeah. I, the texture oh, yeah. of a chocolate makes all the difference yeah. for me. Yeah. So. I don't. I don't like. Anything that has like a filling, really. I mean, mm. like I can take caramel, but like if there's like that, if, it, if there's like a cherry filling or yeah. anything like that, I'm passing. On like it. those lint truffles, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? The little glo- glo- yep. globular ones, globular. Yep. Yeah. What am I saying here? Yeah, I know what you're saying. Oh, ovular, <laughs> <laughs> circle now. <laughs> they don't be round. <laughs> um, yeah, you bite into those, and half the time it's like tight toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, that's. Oh, Pepsi! It. They put Pepsi in the middle of so, this guy. So I think that, and again, another one. And it's like when I think of these, I'm like, what could get a really good conversation? And I think best candy you would oh, have. Absolutely. You would have people say like really sweet and sour, or sweet and yes, yeah, sweet and sour stuff. You would get chocolate. You would get <clears throat> you know gummies. Everyone loves a good gummy. Yeah, so yeah. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be fun. And uh, I don't know. I, I I don't mind going back to that well of. Yeah. Music, movies, food. Like yeah. I don't mind going back there and kind of reiterating it, but in different ways because yeah. ultimately you can do a lot with it. Yeah, we can make it unique each time. Like we just did our top three breakfast spots. That yeah. was our last oh, that episode. Was fun. Yeah, and, you know, I think again it it might be a little redundant, but at the same time, like I think that each one of them brings its own unique conversation. Yeah. You know, and that was fun how we went to the Cracker Barrel and recorded that. And I do like the like I, I was told from a couple friends who listened to it how they said like it, they felt like nostalgic for for breakfast. Like mm. it brought back like a lot of memories of eating breakfast. And I was like, yeah, it was a real like emotional. Like I didn't, you never really realize how emotional breakfast can be. Yeah, like <laughs> food is love. Like I think about my breakfast as a kid and like. How my family used to get together and, like, my older sister would cook the scrapple and my dad – and make the French toast. My dad would cook the bacon and, Mm -hmm. you know, mom and Alex would be there. Not doing much, but, you know, (laughs) everyone has their part, right? Um, But it is. It's a family thing. Food is love. So uh, we're hitting the the 50-minute mark here. So I thought this was fun. This was a cool, just kind yeah, of mini episode, side episode, and I'm sure that what we discuss will be will be talked about. It, um, you yeah, know, will be future episodes. Yeah, um, March 12th. That's our next episode. We got penciled in here, so next Thursday. So it'll be up either Thursday night or Friday morning. And uh, it looks like we're going to have two guests, and um, not sure what the topic is yet. We're going to kind of let them uh, pick that, and Ryan will be back for that. Yeah, and. Uh, in the meantime, uh, again, check out Ale Ventures. That's going to be April 25th at Rockwell Brewing in Frederick, Maryland. Probably it'll be in the evening, afternoon or evening. Uh, cool thing to check out, especially if you're into board gaming. Yeah. Um, so, And don't forget to hook it up with Katie if you know that you're going to go on a Disney vacation. Yeah. All right. Well, All right. thank you so much for joining us, yeah. everyone. And uh, we'll catch you next time. See you later. All right.